0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, my dear brothers and sisters. Welcome back to the first shorts where we are covering the lives of some of the companions who don't have much written about them but who offered a tremendous contribution towards the deen that we were blessed to inherit. Now, we're getting to the last few episodes, inshallah ta'ala, of season one and then season two, Lahi ta'ala. Uh, we will pick up with the long biographies, inshallah Taala, starting with the Ansar of the Prophet sallallahu those that received the Prophet sallallahu in Medina. So, as we're kind of now leaning towards that direction of the Hijrah and what precedes the Hijra, as we have been doing when speaking about the companions from Abyssinia, we want to cover, inshallah Taala, just a few more people and some of them honestly could have been full episode, some of them could have been episode 51, 52 in the beginning of when we transitioned to the shorts. But may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with them all. They are phenomenal individuals and people we have much to benefit from. When you think about a front seat of history and of some of the most consequential events in Islam, I can't think of many people that had a better view than Amr ibn Fuhayra radiAllahu ta'ala anhu who we are speaking about today. Now, Amr ibn Fuheira, ta'ala anhu, he was someone who was born into slavery and who was of Abyssinian descent. So his whole life was one of being enslaved and he was particularly enslaved to a man by the name of Tufail ibn Abdullah al-Azdi. Now, Tufail was the stepson of Abu Bakr as siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So the way that this happens is that Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu married a woman by the name of Umruhman radiAllahu anha and she is the mother of Aisha radiAllahu ta'ala anha. Now when Abu Bakr married Rumman, she was a widow at that point and Tufail was the son of Umruman uh, from her previous husband. So Tufail is the stepson of Abu Bakr radiAllahu ta'ala anhu as well as of course the half brother of Aisha uh, عنها, and that they share the same mother. So when Abu Bakr anhu accepts Islam, we know that Abu Bakr frees many of those who were enslaved, particularly those who were being tortured for being Muslim. It was already a habit of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq to free people from captivity, but now particularly the righteous Muslim slaves that were being tortured by their captors. And in the case of Amr ibn Fuhayrah, ta'ala anhu, Amr ibn Fuhaira was someone who embraced Islam very early on as a slave. He accepted Islam before Dar al-Arqam. So he's one of the first of the first. As we said, those are the earliest of the Muslims. And when he embraced Islam, Amr ibn Fuhayra radiyallahu ta'ala anhu was tortured in the worst of ways. And what is written about him is literally that there is not a torture tactic except that they experimented on Amr ibn Anhu with one of those torture tactics. And so they tried the hot coal, uh, burning hot coal and letting it drip down his back, which is a, uh, a, a form of torture that is famously attributed to khabbab Anhu, who we know Abu Bakr ta'ala Anhu freed. He was tried with sleep deprivation, uh, dehydration, was not allowed food for several days, was dragged through the streets, was, was chained and beaten by random people. So the torture tactics were plentiful against him. And it's not actually you know, spelled out who was the one who tortured him. So whether it was Tufayl, who would not become Muslim until much later on, or if it was just some people from the tribe. And of course, people of this status were fair game for the elites of Mecca to try them in multiple ways and in multiple contexts. So the point is, is that he's being tortured in multiple ways and Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu sees him and he purchases his freedom and when he frees him as was common in that society, Amr ta'ala anhu still is, is someone who is loyal to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq anhu, even though he is not technically enslaved by him. Right? He's not a slave of Abu Bakr but his loyalty is forever to Abu Bakr as siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And he wants to maintain closeness to him and who would not want to maintain closeness to him, especially now as a Muslim, beyond just his character, his excellent character, knowing who he is and knowing his status with the Prophet sallallahu and his preceding everyone in Islam, he wants to be close to him. And so he becomes a shepherd of Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. So he's freed by Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala anhu because he believed and he was being tortured. And then he becomes a shepherd of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiAllahu ta'ala anhu, gaining a closeness to him, which is of course, a form of risk, a form of sustenance from Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala. Now, when do we see his most pivotal role? It's in the hijrah of the Prophet وسلم, and Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiAllahu ta'ala anhu. We know that when the Prophet وسلم, and Abu Bakr radiAllahu anhu went to Ghar Thawr, when they went to the cave, Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala mentions to us that situation and how it was just the Prophet وسلم, and Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu in that cave for three days and three nights. And the Prophet sallallahu comforting Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiAllahu ta'ala anhu saying to him, la tahsan, do not be afraid, inna allaha ma'ana Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with us. What do you say of two for whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the third? So in that cave, it was just the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi wasalam and Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiAllahu ta'ala anhu. We are familiar with the role that Asma' bint Abi Bakr, may Allah be pleased with her, and Abdullah ibn Abi Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, played in that Asma' radiAllahu taala anha was responsible for bringing, you know, the goods to the Prophet sallallahu their food and their drink to the Prophet sallallahu and Abu Bakr radiAllahu anhu, and Abdullah was scouting Mecca and trying to convey the news of what was happening to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi and to Abu Bakr radiAllahu taala anhu. When it comes to Amr ibn Fuheira, he is never distant from the Prophet and Abu Bakr anhu throughout this journey. In fact, it was Amr radiallahu ta'ala anhu who would bring sheep to them on a daily basis. And what he would do with those sheep is that, of course, he was a shepherd to those sheep. What he would do with those sheep is that he would use them to cover the tracks of the Prophet وسلم, and Abu Bakr anhu, as well as taking them to the Messenger alayhi salatu and Abu Bakr so that they could benefit from those sheep. So he is bringing the sheep to that cave on a daily basis at a particular time where he would not be noticed. And he is covering their tracks as well as providing for them. And then it was after the three day period had come to an end, that it was Amr radiAllahu ta'ala anhu who comes to the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr Anhu with two camels for them to ride. And of course he himself would be riding. And then the three of them partake in the journey of the hijrah. So SubhanAllah, you know, imagine being the one person who is with the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr ta'ala Anhu, on that journey of the hijrah. That is this man who will be their guide and who will travel alongside with them and eventually enter into Medina with the Prophet sallallahu wasallam and with Abu Bakr ta'ala anhu. So he is riding with the messenger and with Abu Bakr. And as we know, the famous incident where Suraqa عنه, goes to find the Prophet sallallahu wasallam because there's a bounty on his head. And as Suraqa is trying to attack the Prophet sallallahu wasallam He notices that he is being stopped by divine forces, right? So his his riding animal is sinking into the ground, it's throwing him off. He's not able to get to the Prophet to harm him. And eventually Suraqah ibn Malik gets to the Prophet, and instead of trying to kill the Prophet so that he can attain the bounty of this world from the people of Mecca, he's ready to embrace the Prophet so that he can attain the bounty from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hereafter. So Suraqa comes to him and Suraqa wants to instead be counted amongst the believers. And suraqa asks the Prophet SallAllahu for a note of his amnesty, of his forgiveness. And who was the one who actually wrote that note? It was Amr ibn Fuhayra. So again, just think about the view of history here. Amr ta'ala anhu writes at the instruction of the Prophet ﷺ, a note guaranteeing the forgiveness, the amnesty, the protection of Surah ibn Malik radiAllahu ta'ala anhu and the Prophet SallAllahu famously tells Suraqa, how will it be, O Suraqa, when you are holding the two gold bracelets of Kisra in Persia. So the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam of course, prophesizes a great moment of victory and glory for Suraqa, even in the midst of that journey. And it was Amr ibn Fuhaira who wrote that note of amnesty for him at the direction of the Prophet SallAllahu Once they enter into Medina, Amr ibn Fuhayra attains another blessing of being from the veterans of Badr. So he fought in Badr alongside Abu Bakr as siddiq radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And then on the day of Uhud, he was amongst those who stood firm and did not flee from the battlefield of Uhud. So he fought on the day of Uhud as well. So he is someone who was persecuted for his Islam in Mecca severely. He is someone who, made the hijrah and in a very special way, was with the Prophet ﷺ and Abu Bakr as-Siddiq عنه, which was very dangerous, but at the same time, how rewarding that is. He is amongst those who fought in the battle of Badr and attains the status of being from the veterans of Badr. He is amongst those that fought bravely on the day of Uhud and those whom Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala was pleased with. So how does he pass away? After Uhud, the Prophet ﷺ, about three or four months after, was requested to send missionaries to Najd, uh, to teach them the deen. So some people came to the Prophet SallAllahu and they asked the Prophet SallAllahu for him to send some of the scholars of the Sahaba, some of the, the literate ones, the, the readers, the reciters amongst the Sahaba so that they could come and they could teach their people the Qur'an. So Amr ta'ala anhu, being someone who was literate and being someone who understood the Qur'an and was you know considered amongst the best of the companions in this regard, was of those that the Prophet Wasallam sends after Uhud. Now this is of course uh, uh, referring to Bir uh, Mauna, where uh, the Prophet وسلم, sends this group of people, and as they get there, the Prophet Wasallam is betrayed, and those who he sends are killed. So I want you to imagine, you know, what makes this so tragic. Before we get to the specific circumstances of Amr's death, is that these were considered amongst the best of who the Prophet had left with him. This is after the Prophet had lost some of his best in Uhud, right? Hamza and Musab and others that we've spoken about, Abdullah ibn Jash, may Allah be pleased with them all. And the amount of casualties from this incident of khiyana, from this incident of betrayal, was almost the same amount of casualties as Uhud. So imagine how devastating that is, right? You're already Facing a situation where you have the you know uh, the losses from Uḥud that you've incurred, and every household in Medina was struck, and of course the Muslims as a whole lost some of their best. And now, only four months later, in an incident where you would think there is another frontier of Islam that is opening, instead you have betrayal and you have the murder of another group of some of the most righteous Muslims uh, and companions of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So Amr was one of those who was killed in this incident, and he was only 40 years old when this happened. Now SubhanAllah, in his death, there's something very specific that happens. The man who killed him was a man by the name of Jabbar ibn Salma uh, radiAllahu ta'ala anhu, and I say that for a reason. Jabbar ibn Salma, he took his sword, and he thrust his sword through the body of Amr. So much so that the sword went directly through his body and he saw the sword come out from his back. So he, he stuck the sword right through Amr. And while he is killing Amr, Amr looks up and he smiles and he says, Fustu Allah, Fustu Allah, I have succeeded by Allah, I have succeeded by Allah. You imagine, you know, for these people that don't understand, you know, what this religion truly is and the dedication that these people have, and he's witnessing, Jabbar ibn is witnessing before his eyes, the man who he is killing, and he's looking up to the skies, and he's saying, Fustu Allah, I have succeeded by Allah, while his sword is literally through his body. So Jabbar is looking at him while this is happening, and his last words are, I have succeeded by Allah, and when he pulls his sword out, there's some narrations and there's no authentic senna to this, no, no particular authentic chain, but that you know, his body was also not found, that he looked up and he saw that his body uh, was lifted uh, to the heavens. And it was said that the angels took his body. And so his body was not even found to, you know, uh, to properly uh, carry out the rituals afterwards. So Jabbar you know, sees this man that he just killed. And recognizes this divine miracle, this, you know, th- this miracle that is happening with Amr radiallahu ta'ala anhu. And he goes to the Muslims after having killed Amr ibn Fuhaira, And he says, what did he mean when he said, to Allah, I have succeeded by Allah. He said, I saw in him, in his eyes and in what transpired when I killed him, things that, you know, are not natural. What did he mean by that? And it was that incident that caused him to become Muslim. So, Subhanallah, the Hadith of the Prophet where Allah laughs at two men, you know, one who killed the other, and they both meet in Jannah, right? I mean, it, this is one of those incidents that the uh, the scholars will mention as a supplement to that Hadith, a very real-life manifestation. Just like we think of Wahshi uh, having thrown the spear through the body of Hamza, ta'ala anhu. and Wahshi. عنه, having become Muslim. Here you have another incident where Jabbar ibn Salma uh, stabs, uh, you know, Amr ibn Fuhayra عنه, and he sees this before his eyes. And so the scholars say how beautiful that in the death of Amr ibn Fuhayra you have shahada and da'wah. His last act in this earth was to look up to the heavens and to receive the blessing of being a shaheed. After having survived Hijrah, Badr, and Uhud, and b- before that, being from the muhajireen who were tortured. And his last act is a last is an act of da'wah, where the man who killed him was so inspired by his murder, by his martyrdom, that he goes on to become a Muslim himself because of the conviction, the yaqeen, truly the certainty that he witnessed in the eyes and in the voice of Amr ibn Fuhayra anhu. And of course, who would not? after being this close to the Prophet SallAllahu Alaihi Wasallam and to As-Siddiq radiAllahu ta'ala Anhu, the truthful one Abu Bakr radiAllahu ta'ala Anhu. And so we ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to be pleased with Amr ibn Fuhayrah radiAllahu ta'ala Anhu. We ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to gather us with him And with our beloved Prophet ﷺ and with his companion on the Hijra, Abu Bakr as siddiq radiallahu anhu, and his family and companions and those that follow, Allahumma ameen. Jazakumullahu khairan. See you all next time, inshaAllah. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This podcast was brought to you by Yaqeen Institute for Islamic Research. Dismantling doubts and nurturing conviction, one truth at a time. Tune in every week for the next episode. And don't forget to subscribe to this channel and share with friends. Until next time, this has been The Firsts, the Forerunners of Islam.